Hello, and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. On this episode, we're talking about Knives Out. This is a new film from writer-director Ryan Johnson. The cast includes Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Tony Collette, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lakeith Stanfield, and Christopher Plummer. That's a hell of a cast. That is great cast. The IMDb plot summary reads, A detective investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric, combative family. Uh, this movie currently has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety six percent. You seem sh- shocked. Yeah. Well, this movie it uh, it premiered a few months ago at Toronto, I believe, and it's raves. Kinda, I, it got raves. Did it get higher approval than Ford and Ferrari? Because that would be a shame. Yeah, that is higher than uh, Ford and Ferrari. Ford and Ferrari is currently at a ninety two. So oh my god. Are you are are you saying you didn't enjoy this as much as Ford and Ferrari? <laughs> no, Ford and Ferrari was amazing. Uh, well, critics think this movie is amazing. I mean, Ryan Johnson, he gets pretty easy pass from uh, from critics. Let's just let's talk about Ryan Johnson for. Oh, let's please do. <laughs> I, I am. I am ready for a quick second. Look, my first introduction to Ryan Johnson was with his movie Brick. Uh, that was his breakthrough film. And I saw that. Uh, I remember seeing that at uh, the Arclight in Hollywood and loving it. That was like my favorite movie of that year. I felt really just kind of uh, blown away uh, by what seemed like a really fresh original voice. And I just, I liked what he was doing with that film. I expected big things from this guy because uh, just based on that film, that was a really confident debut. And, uh, and then he made The Brothers Bloom, which is a movie I can't even remember, but that's a movie that happened. Uh, that's a movie that exists. And then... Um, Never seen it. <laughs> not many people Never have. Never seen Brick either, so... Brick is pretty good. It's a detective movie set in a high school. It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. After the brothers bloom, he made Looper. And that's that was his biggest hit uh, up to that point. You and I saw Looper. We I saw, think so. We saw that in the theater. Okay. That's what <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt... <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's a time-traveling assassin. And... Um, he has to hunt his future self, but played by Bruce Willis. Yeah. And uh, Emily Blunt figures in at some I, point. I don't remember this movie all that much. It so. was acclaimed. Uh, this was an acclaimed film. And I was, I was pretty... I mean, it was different. I mean, I, I can see that. Well, yeah. it's. I mean, look, uh, just the concept alone, a time-traveling uh, assassin. I mean, you got me there. I, you know, I have mixed feelings on the film. There are things about it that are cool. There are things about it that are kind of frustrating. There are things about it that are like hard to buy into, which is kind of a recurring trend with Ryan Johnson. Like, for example, Joseph Gordon-Levin's facial prosthetics. Do you remember that at all? Yeah. that. Mm. That's the most memorable thing yeah. from that movie. Just the unnecessary, distracting facial prosthetics on Joseph Gordon-Levin. Like, that's going to help us yeah. recognize him as Bruce Willis. All it does is make him look less like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's true. That's all. That's all it does. So that's a distracting thing. And I would say *Knives Out* kind of carries that tradition of like distracting creative choices. But uh, before we get to *Knives Out*, he um, he did make he stepped into the world of Star Wars, and he made the beloved, <laughs> universally <laughs> beloved, the last the last Jedi. What what were you, what were your thoughts on the last Jedi? Do you have do you have any thoughts on that one? I mean, I didn't hate it like everybody else. I mean, there were certain things. That, that in movie there. is fresh. That movie's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So when you say everyone else, I mean, uh, 
critics loved it. It's an acclaimed film. It made like a billion dollars. Um, how <laughs> Luke Skywalker was just so angry and didn't come in to save the day. Like I don't feel like that was that was his character at all. Like you definitely messed that character up big time. Well, when people try to defend those choices, like just try and keep in mind. Mark Hamill himself had no idea why he was doing what he was doing. He had to justify his choices by imagining that he was playing uh, a guy named Jake Skywalker, Luke's like other brother. Yeah. Because none of the choices that he was asked to do made sense to him. And there's videos of him yeah. saying saying these words. Like, I'm not making this up. I mean, you can find a video of him saying this. So, yeah, that character, um, it's it didn't make any sense. It, it just... And then he just like... He dies. Disappeared. And, dies from exhaustion. And, and the force. He's, he's a tired. Why bring him back? Yeah. If he's just going to be like a crusty old hobo. So yeah, I mean, he made the Last Jedi, and that and that kind of. Um, I mean, the Last Jedi. You know, also, you know, it's like every, the force is in everybody, and like. Sure, yeah. A- any gave, anyone it, can have the force. Exactly, and it gave that message, which I thought was nice. You thought that was nice. Yeah. Okay. But uh, then again, it's taken away from the specialness that is the you know the Force and you know the Jedi and you know all of that. Ryan Johnson was, uh, I think, the the wrong choice for uh, Star Wars, and I think what I mean, that's why they had to bring JJ back. Uh, that's all fine. I guess what bothers me is like no one at Lucasfilm like has owned up to this depiction. Like like this depiction doesn't make any sense. And Ryan Johnson, like he, he's just like, well, this is the the movie that Star Wars fans need. This is the conversation we need to be having. And it's like, what What are you talking about? <laughs> like Lucasfilm, if they want to get back with the fans, they should address like why they turned Luke into like a shambling hobo loser. And like, why not just like kill him off off screen? I think JJ will probably do something with him. I think what really left a sour taste in my mouth about The Last Jedi is that fans who didn't like it were accused of being man babies who were just upset that they didn't get what they wanted. Or they didn't like it because they're misogynists who don't like seeing powerful women on screen. Or maybe they're racists who don't like seeing diversity on screen. All of which is ridiculous. I mean, people were just really obsessed with this movie. And and, and very divisive. I mean... It's, it's very divisive. And, that, and Star Wars isn't meant to be divisive. No, it's not. Sometimes a movie is just poorly conceived and poorly written. And 90% of Last Jedi's problems, I believe, come from its screenplay. You can go to YouTube and search Last Jedi, and you will get literally countless visual essays detailing the structural and tonal problems of that film. When I ask people, what do they actually like about it? They say that they like the theme of failure, being a good teacher, and the fact that it pisses so many people off makes them like it even more. Those are not good reasons to like anything. <laughs> that's, just, that, that's just more trolling. And so, I mean, at the very least, look, like J.J.'s movie... It had actual set pieces in it. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, it made an effort, made an actual effort at transporting its audience. So, Didn't one of the set pieces like break Harrison Ford's arm? <laughs> I think it was uh, or like, his wrist or like a sliding door. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it broke his, his leg. His leg. Yeah. Um, it broke an appendage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the door closed, like a sliding yeah. door closed and it wouldn't open. And so it just closed like right on his and foot. It crushed it. Yeah, pretty bad. So, anyways, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, th- those are just, you know, some of my feelings towards The Last Jedi. I mean, that's enough about Star Wars. So, this movie, Knives Out, it centers on the Thromby family, whose patriarch, Harlan, played by Christopher Plummer, has just died in uh, suspicious circumstances. Yeah. 
the Thromby family are kind of a contentious bunch. And it's revealed that each of them had a potential motive for possibly killing Harlan. Yeah. And so that brings in a team of investigators led by uh, Benoit Blanc, <laughs> who's played by Daniel Craig. Yeah. Apparently who, coming from the Dixie South. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like... 1930s Savannah, they, I guess. They brought in this guy who clearly has an English accent, like from England. He He's is 007. From, he's 007. And they come in and giving him a thick Southern accent, like... It's way over the top. It's Foghorn Leghorn. At one point, a character even refers to his accent as Foghorn Leghorn. That's how over the top it is. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they come in to investigate this this murder. And um, yeah, I guess going any further would kind of get into spoilers. But uh, what are your what are your overall feelings on on this movie? Knives Out. You know, I was looking forward to going to this movie. It was it was different. It was unique. It's like a modern day clue. Sure. It had an original screenplay, and I mean, an A-list cast that I, I think each one of them did a pretty decent job. I like Chris Evans. Sure. He doesn't play, you know, the good boy. He plays uh, the stuck-up grandson. His character has been uh, shut out of the inheritance? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, yeah, I mean, everybody has. Right. But he's but- the only one that knows it. Everybody else doesn't know it. But like, and so yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, so he's pissed. The story really revolves around Maria, Marta. Yeah, Marta, the the house. No, not a housekeeper. She's the nurse. Marta, the nurse, who's yeah. played by uh, Ana de Armas. Okay. A- Ana de Armas. Yes, Ana de <laughs> Armas. I don't. I don't know. Ana de Armas. She's uh, yeah. She's been in some some things. Yeah. Yeah. She's. And, and an so, actor. like, she is the um, the nurse that, you know, keeps him up to date with all his medications and, you know, there's an accident or not. Yeah, the movie presents information and then kind of doubles back yeah. several times to kind of uh, give you a, a new information or information in a different context. So, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> but it just follows her and Benoit Blanc you, you wants her to be a part of you know, helping him. And, you know, there, I guess there's a funny thing in there where she can't tell a lie and she pukes all over the place. He, Yeah, that's why he doesn't uh, suspect her, I guess, because she can't lie yeah. without puking spontaneously. Yeah. So I guess that's why he trusts her. Yeah, but he knew that she knew more than what she was saying because she he saw the, the blood on her shoe. So I, I did like the story. Um, I, I did think that it was way too long. It's a hundred. It was very slow. It's one hundred and thirty minutes. Yeah, this thing. It feels like it would be a good ninety-five minutes. Yeah, but it's one hundred and thirty. Because for some the reason. original clue was only like it was only ninety minutes. Like it was a very quick whodunit. Well, it's based on a board game, so I don't know. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was like ninety four minutes. Um, I think yeah, Ryan Johnson he's clearly inspired by like old uh, I guess Agatha Christie yeah stories. And I mean, at one point we see characters kind of watching like Murder She Wrote. Oh yeah, you kind of is cheeky like an homage. Yeah, his cheeky little little references. Yeah, stuff like Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, you know, and that guy like the, the Kenneth Branagh character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that movie, but yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Craig's character is kind of based on uh, that Hercule Poirot character from Murder on the Orient Express and, and all those uh, stories. Yeah. 
uh, like the head detective. The over the top. Yeah, very eccentric, obsessive detective. Yeah, very observant, very yeah. knows who's lying, knows who doesn't. Although Daniel Craig's kind of like like a bumbling buffoon for a lot of this. Yeah, I mean he's he, like he's rambling about donuts. At, you know, at oh one my point. god, this was a donut movie. Yes, <laughs> he's like this case is a like a donut because there's no center. Yeah. And, and I've got to find the hole. Yeah. And like he's rambling about that for like five minutes. And you're like, this movie's like a donut. Yes. No center. So what, uh, yeah, what, what didn't you like? I, I guess aside from the length. Uh, the I mean, length and, and, you know, I mean, the over the top. Southern, Daniel, southern accent. Yeah. That, that was throwing me off. And I actually didn't really like Marta. I didn't like her performance. It's kind. It's kind of blank. It, yeah. She's kind of just doing the same expression of like uh, you know puzzled or you know kind of shocked. Uh, those are like her two expressions throughout the throughout the film. Yeah, she's uh, not. But they yeah. didn't give her much of a backstory except yeah. that her mom is illegal. We don't dig into her character that no. much. We don't really dig into any of the characters. No. I mean, there's so many. So I mean, it takes like thirty minutes just introducing everyone. Everybody else was great. I mean, I... I, I think a lot of actors are kind of underused. Yeah. I mean, like, what is Tony Collette doing here? I know. Like, she's such a great actress. What, what like, is Jamie Lee Curtis doing here? Yeah. I mean, Michael Shannon. I mean, these are, like, Oscar-level actors yeah. who just... I mean, they, they show up, they're introduced, and then they just kind of fade into the background. I mean, you also have uh, Lakeith Stanfield yeah. from, you know, Sorry to Bother You. He's a, he's a cool actor. I love him. I, he's a cool-ass actor. I love him. Yeah. He's just got this cool vibe for about sure. Him. That is just and he's he's fine in this. He just, just he doesn't he doesn't have yeah. much to do. Really, I mean, the two actors who stand out is Chris Evans, like yeah. you said, and Daniel Craig for the wrong reason. For the wrong reason, <laughs> Chris Evans is probably like the best thing about this movie, in my opinion. He's, he's surprisingly strong. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, he has the most character to play. My my other take was, you know, I felt like even though it wasn't how it really ended up being, but I, I thought that they maybe revealed what happened that night a little too early. We get a big reveal midway. We get a big reveal midway. But it's and not the full reveal. It's not. Because Ryan Johnson has these tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. He's got to keep revealing and re-revealing. It just it felt it felt too much. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of plot here. And I, I that's kind of a Ryan Johnson thing. And, you know, I think his movies appeal to people who love untangling plots. Yeah. Because this movie has a whole shit ton of plot to untangle. Yeah, but so did Unusual Suspects. And I didn't feel wonky i mean it, yeah it's it comes down to the screenplay it comes down to the storytelling approach yeah and I, I don't like brian singer at all but well no like the unusual suspects you love is, the usual suspects i do i think it's great i'll tell you what this actually reminded me of. it feels like he's going for kind of a coen brothers type movie. yeah you know the coen brothers they do dark comedy with you know some violent twists and turns they do that better than anyone else. But they, they go over the top. Like they, they if they're going there, they're going there. They don't yeah, they don't pull punches. No. Uh, I mean I mean you're gonna have some laugh out loud moments and there's gonna be some shocking moments. Yeah. And those moments are gonna land. In this movie, yeah, it feels like a watered down Coen Brothers. Like it feel it falls way short of like Coen Brothers quality. I mean Coen Brothers also can keep it under two hours. Yeah. You know, that's that's how, know. that's what you do with comedies. You keep it real tight. <laughs> But no, I I think we're in agreement here. I honestly, if this like if he, he had shaved off forty minutes, like gotten in there, it, it would have been fabulous. It would that would have been a movie that I could recommend. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe even grudgingly, but I'd I'd have to recommend that. Like this is a good time. 
But instead, we just we get so much exposition and so many monologues from Colonel Sanders that just kind of <laughs> it just kind of goes on and on and on. It feels like there's a, a solid forty minutes that can be taken yeah. out here, and then we have a tight movie. We have yeah. a really tight, fun, fast-moving picture. There was a lot of dialogue, like a ton. Uh, Ryan Johnson of lo- loves loves hearing actors say his dialogue. I mean, clearly, it's. I mean, all they do is talk. This movie, ninety percent of it is people sitting in rooms, nice-looking rooms, just talking. Yeah, the house is gorgeous. Gorgeous. The, loca- the the set piece was fabulous. I agree. Although, what is up with the wheel of knives? Yeah, I have no idea. They didn't go into like what Tremblay's obsession was with knives, it's unless th- I, I missed it. I, I I must have missed it too. Because he had the, his photo, his portrait with him in the book and a knife. You would think it would tie in. That's the part of the movie, right? Like he maybe it's part of his books. Like the killer has a knife or something. Oh, could be. But the wheel of knives is a little ridiculous. That's yeah. a little on the nose. That's Ryan Johnson saying, "Hey, get it. The knives are out. Do you get it? <laughs> like, we get it, Ryan." My long-running issue with Ryan Johnson is that a lot of his movies, his directorial ticks, it makes it hard to um, buy into a lot of his stories because they don't feel natural. Yeah. Like the writing doesn't really feel natural. The performances don't really feel natural. And some people dig that. For me, like, that's, it's fun in short doses. Like, you know, Daniel Craig's Kentucky Commander. Like, if you had seen him, like, come on SNL and start doing this accent. Yeah. You'd laugh for the first skit. If he did it for every single skit, you'd be like, stop it. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Stop it. What about, like, Daniel Craig and and, um, Keith? Lakeith? Lakeith? Yeah. What if their characters were switched? That would have been interesting. Like Lakeith was the, the lead. Yeah. I'm down for that. And Lakeith is not doing the um No, but he's, the accent. he's more suave. Sure. And more like... I'm down for... Yeah, I'm down for more Lakeith. In, in the corner with a cigar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just taking it all in. Like the old school detective. I'm into that. I would have... Yeah, I would have liked that a lot. The way they introduced Daniel Craig, kind of like in the back corner. Yeah. Just like hitting the piano key. Yeah. I thought that was a good introduction. That was a good introduction. It kind of it kind of set my expectations. Like if the movie is this kind of like fun and playful, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> Why don't we take a quick break and when we come back, we'll get into spoilers All right. for knives out. All right. We're back and we're gonna get into some spoilers for knives out. Uh, so the ultimate bad guy is Chris Evans. Yes. But it's, you know, it, the actual murder plot is complicated and convoluted. <laughs> but ba- I mean, he frames Marta. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. He tries to. Uh, this whole explanation where like, he wanted to look like she overdosed Harlan on morphine. Well, no, Chris Evans switched the, the yeah, he, he switched it. And then she accidentally thought she gave Harlan the morphine, but actually it was She's the She's such a good stuff. caretaker yeah. that she actually gave him the real stuff. Yeah, because she could tell the difference in the tenting of the liquid. But she confessed to giving him the wrong stuff. Yeah. And so then he's like, I'm going to slit my throat. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> For, is it possible to slit your own throat? Is that physically is- possible? I think so. If you have a sharp enough knife. Go I don't think you can get all the way across with your own hand. I think you're getting maybe halfway and then you're like. Yeah, but then the carotid is like right here. Sure. Then that's an artery. So if you, I'm just saying, if you nick that, you're out in like a minute. That's what I'm saying. He, he runs a full blade right across his throat. I don't, I don't know if that's possible. I, I, I don't know. 
but anyways, his solution, I mean, that's quite a leap. Like, oh no, it's going to be like 10 minutes until this morphine kicks in and I'm dead. Let me slit my own throat so you don't take the fall. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I guess that's where his mind is, though, because, I mean, he's a murder mystery novel, like novelist. I mean, this is where his mind goes. And and Harlan gives Marta step-by-step instructions of what she has to do. Of course. To sure. get away with it. But we don't know until the end that the reason why Harlan did that was because he, was... he left the whole... His whole estate, estate to her. Yeah. And I, I do like the ending where the movie ends up. Yeah. And, uh, I would and say. she's at the castle and everybody else is at the bo- uh, the below. That was kind of cool. And she's sipping the coffee mug. Yeah. And it says my damn house. Yeah. Like my house, my rules. Yeah. My coffee. Yeah. So I, uh, the last 10 minutes are, are pretty fun. Yeah. And pretty satisfying. Yeah. It's just the two hours before that feels kind of like it's, it's dragging it's, like, its wheels. Uh, yeah. But um, but no, there's definitely some like not so subtle political commentary here about you know what it's like to be an immigrant, and you know in 2019, Trump's America. <laughs> there's some heavy-handed commentary on there that. There is, but there's well, yeah. So the commentary, I mean, obviously, like characters have conversations it, about it. So like straight up on the nose. <laughs> I would just say like the commentary that Ryan Johnson wants to get across. It's here in the structure. Yeah. Like, just the way that she goes from, you know, put upon caretaker to, you know, taking over the estate, you know, from these, you know, entitled, you know, entitled white, white assholes. Yeah. It's there in the structure of the film. You know, a, a good filmmaker would trust, like, the audience members who want to, like, pull out that theme are going to. And those who don't, they, you know, they're not going to. But it's there in the structure. It just, it doesn't need to be, like, underlined and italicized. <laughs> It just, it, to me, it feels like overkill. Like yeah. the commentary is there in the structure, and that would have been a great, subtle way to get it across. I think this was a smart move on Chris Evans' part to play something like this after Avengers. Sure. Because I think this is his well, first. After Captain America. Yeah, I think this is his first, first movie. After yeah. Captain America, and I think it was smart on him to to play something completely different. Against type. Besides the good old boy. Sure. Goody two shoes. I agree. So, do you think do you smart. think this movie will do well? I do. You think so? Yeah. I mean, our theater was packed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like an early show. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, early show is packed. True. So, I mean, <laughs> I I just think I just think audiences, I mean, like Ford and Ferrari, I mean, audiences want the adult drama, the adult dark comedies, yeah. you know, something that isn't, you know, PG-13 or PG. This movie this movie was PG-13. Both of the movies you mentioned, Ford versus Ferrari and Knives Out are PG-13. Oh, okay. So. Well, it's F me, right? <laughs> Is Knives Out for adults? Yeah. Why not? There's, there's something juvenile, I, I find, about like Ryan Johnson's sense of humor. It's quirkiness. Yeah. Quirky. Yeah. yeah. It's for adults. Like, I can just picture him like on set just like laughing hysterically at Daniel Craig's, uh, you know, Southern Commander. I mean, we would if that was us. We told somebody no. that clearly has an English accent. No, we wouldn't be laughing with him. We'd be laughing at him. On de- um, I mean, on day 10, yeah. and he's still doing it, it's like, it's like okay, oh, maybe okay. Yeah. M- m- like now maybe we have annoying. to change this up. Yeah. Um, so would you <laughs> recommend this uh, for a date movie? I would. Again, if it was 40 minutes shorter, then absolutely. Th- then we're talking about, you know, a, a fun, entertaining romp. I, but, w- I would recommend it, though. Okay. 
I, I think it's quirky fun. <laughs> it, it's something. Yeah. Um, for a date, I, I mean, give it a shot. See how you feel is what I would say. <laughs> but I would say it, audiences who are expecting like a, like a tight, fast whodunit. This isn't you what com- that is. Comedy thriller. This movie is a like a long-winded leisure, uh, 130 minutes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where there's kind of like a discrepancy. But um, yeah, I, I agree. It'll probably do well. Uh, I mean, the cast will, mm-hmm. will pull people in, even though most of them are wasted. What grade would you give it? I would give it a B minus. Sure, I'll give it. I'll give it a C. Yeah, B minus, just because it was too long. Yeah. Yeah, the length is really what what kills it. I mean, I feel like every week I'm complaining about like something's too long. Really, it just to tighten it up. A- everyone across the board, tighten it up. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's tighten it up. You know, some some movies do require length. I mean, Lincoln required length. I well, mean, a movie like a movie like Casino, yeah. right? I mean, runs three hours. A movie like Wolf of Wall Street. It depends on what you do with it. Yeah, I, I just listed two Scorsese movies. If you're Martin Scorsese, make it as long as you want. <laughs> Please make another movie. But if yeah, if your name isn't you know like one of like you know, five filmmakers and you're going over two hours, um, you know consider. Yeah, because I think Spielberg does a good job with his storytelling too. And, he, he goes and pretty long, but he, go over. Yeah, yeah. If the excess length gave us some good character moments, I'd be on board for it. That's how you get me past the two-hour mark is with good characters. This movie has a lot of characters, but it's mostly plot. Yeah. It's mostly plot. And so that, for me, it's it might just be a taste yeah. thing. That's Knives Out, written and directed by Ryan Johnson. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at DMMoviePodcast, and you can also email us at DateNightMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.